Something is in the air. What's that? Sorry, spaghetti and meatballs. Rated PG. The fun starts rocking when the dog starts talking. On video and special edition DVD this Tuesday. You like the juice? I like the juice. Welcome everyone once again to the last episode of Saturday Night Jive. Because we watched a talking dog movie. This one didn't piss me off. This one just bored the shit out of me. This might be... We watched Good Boy from 2003. This might be the best made talking dog movie we've seen. But also that makes it like the least interesting talking dog movie we've watched. And that's that's where I was. Because like we got to the 40 minute mark of this movie. And you were like, can we do the 20 minute roll still? And we kind of couldn't. Because it was like, we got to find something else. I was gonna suggest doing like a twins monkey movie situation. Oh, that's where what like we watch the done. second half of something else. But it would have to be like another talking dog movie and probably a shittier one. Well, think because uh, there were two we actually skipped. I I was thinking about this while I was watching Good Boy because I wasn't thinking about much else. But remember uh, the Dog Father with Chris Parnell? We didn't watch that one. I, did we? I thought we couldn't find that one. No, we downloaded it and then like I we skimmed through it and we were like, oh my god, this is like we can't this can we can't do this. Like it looked like the worst fucking movie ever made. Well, I because I will say, yeah. I, wait, was there another one? Though? And then remember, um, what I'm sure there's a talking dog in it, but remember the cat who saved the president with Victoria Jackson. Oh, I do remember that one, and there I believe there is a talking dog in it. Yes. Yeah, uh, I remember Victoria Jackson. I believe plays the cat, and I don't remember who plays the dog. Yeah, I remember watching like the first. 10 minutes of that and going, oh, fuck, I can't, I can't watch this piece of shit. Well, I mean, but the thing is, like, even as we were watching, like, the first 10, 20 minutes, the reason we didn't call the 20-minute roll is because it was kind of, at, like, at a premise level, it was kind of engaging us. It's just that once you get that, there's really no movie. Yeah, I think this movie could have been good because I was writing, like, a better movie in my head the whole time. And I'm like, oh man, if they did this, this that would have been funny. I think this movie is uh, 60% better if you cut out Matthew fucking Broderick. And also this yeah. kid. I hated this kid, too. Well, I think the, the the only better movie version of this that I have in my head is a much darker movie than would ever be done. Like, I wanted the dogs to invade and, like, domesticate humans. And, like, yeah. I wanted, like, the third act to be, like, we have to free the human pets... From the dog's, you know, invasion. Yeah, because that doesn't happen. Instead, absolutely nothing fucking happens. Here's the plot of Good Boy from 2003. Uh, a kid is, like, walking around, and then a space dog comes in, and the space dog's like, Hey, uh, dogs are from this uh, planet, and, uh, you know, we're the smartest race in the world, and I'm here to, you know, get mad at all the Earth dogs for being pets. And then there's that for like an hour. And then like a big dog comes in and goes, Oh, I hate that all the dogs are pets. I'm taking all the dogs to space. But then five minutes later, they just come back to Earth. So it was like a big pile of fucking nothing. Okay, I feel like that was a really bad explanation of the plot of this film. <laughs> I think it was apt. I think that was a perfect summation Basically, of what Good Boy is. The, the, the novel thing about this movie is that all dogs are secretly from space. They came down generations ago to colonize the planet and take over the Earth, but for whatever reason, they decided to just be lazy, and then now there are pets, uh, and they like being pampered. No mention of like kill shelters. Like dogs don't really have great lives on Earth. I feel like they wouldn't choose this existence. I know. I liked that. Uh, like 
almost twist, I guess, but they didn't do anything with it. Because there's a part in the movie where Matthew Broderick Dog is like, Hey, you guys, you're all uh, fucking pets. You should be running these humans. What's going on here? And then the dogs, like, reveal, Oh, no. We got it made, man. They pick up our shit. And, you know, they bathe us. They feed us. They do, like, they walk us. Like, we're actually controlling them, you know, even though they're the ones with the leashes. You know, but, like, we're actually ruling them. And then they're like, no, 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 that's not right. But I think that would have been better if, like, that was the ending. Like, they found out, like, oh, yeah, dogs are ruling Earth because we're picking up their shit. Well, that was also the technically the premise of Homeward Bound, or at least the remake. I've never seen the original. But I remember in that, all the, the pets thought that they were the owners and the humans were their pets. Right. I remember that, I think. But that was just a background thing. Like, they never, like, revealed the secret history of space dogs. Yeah, there could have been, like, and this movie doesn't either. This movie introduces space dogs, which, by the way, I didn't know this movie was about space dogs when we started. <laughs> really? Because that's the only thing that interested me about it. No, I just thought it was another fucking talking dog movie. I saw the, uh, now that I look at the poster of it, like, Earth is in the background, but, like, I didn't notice that. I just saw a kid and a dog, and I'm like, ah, fuck, talking dog movie again. Just how little work you put into this show. You're the one that edits it. And, like, it's like you couldn't be bothered to do any research on what the fuck we're talking about. What do you mean, research? What, am I going to read a book on Good Boy? Well, I remember the trailer for this movie. That's why I knew what it was about. And it's actually that sequence of them showing them, like, oh, we roll things. That's the whole trailer for the movie, as, as I remember it. This movie completely passed me over. I did not know what this movie was until we randomly looked up Kevin Nealon's IMDb filmography and picked it. For the well, record, actually, also no. has Molly Shannon as well. Molly Shannon is in this. See, and that's the thing. You're, you're writing the better movie in your head. As I'm watching this film, the only thing I can think of is, how did this dog civilization build technology without opposable thumbs? Like, that, like he needs the kid to help him fix his communicator thing, presumably because he doesn't have thumbs. Well, how did you fucking build it in the first place? Well, I think, doesn't the kid ask him that question at one point, and then Matthew Broderick Dog is like, hey, stop asking me so many questions. No, he asks him a lot of questions, but I don't think he asked that fundamental one, which is really the only important one to me. I thought I remember something about the. Well, maybe that was the scene I'm thinking of where they're he's, they're building the space commander thing. But no, I was, I was about to say this movie has come up on the podcast before because uh, if you remember our daddy daycare episode, wait, Possibly. I can figure this out. Um, whatever I move, which one of those movies came out in 2003? Um, this movie, along with Daddy Daycare, was nominated for a Kids Choice Award. Favorite fart in a movie. And you said this one won. No, this did not win. Um, I just had it up. Kangaroo Jack won. Oh, well now we have to watch Kangaroo Jack. Is there an SNL person in that? I think the kangaroo was on season 12. <laughs> I feel like the kangaroo was played by Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie nominated for, uh, for Best Fart. And I will say, I mean, if it was between Daddy Daycare and, uh, and this, this gets my vote for Favorite Fart. Because this movie had three farts, and I know that's why everyone listens to this podcast. It's time it's for Mr. Reason. Skids. It's the only reason to listen to the podcast is so you don't have to watch the farts in the movie. You can just hear us talk about them. Hey, hey, fart hounds. It's another episode of Mr. Skids coming at you. Why is he Wolfman Jack? <laughs> I'm Mr. Skids. And I'm here to tell you that 33 minutes and 25 seconds in a good boy. 
there's a big old fart. I will say, I, I not that like I laughed out loud hysterically at the three farts, but I enjoyed all three fart moments in this film. And the third one, I think, should have won best fart. I don't even remember the fart from Daddy. I remember the fart from Daddy Day Camp, if that was the one we're talking about, because it was the farting shed. But if it was Daddy Day Care, I don't even remember if that was if that was the one. I don't even remember that fart. So it was a, such an unforgettable fart. It was such a this is a, such a forgettable fart. I think we talked about it on that episode. We're like, I don't even remember what the fucking fart was. But um, I, I'm gonna remember this fart until the day I die. Oh yeah, this was a good fart. There was actually there's three farts. Thirty three minutes, twenty five seconds, forty five minutes, and then an hour in. Oh yeah, you thought you were done. <laughs> You, know, you thought you were spent. You thought you blew your wad with them first two farts. On no. my deathbed, the last my last words will be, remember that fart from Good Boy? No, the third one. <laughs> yeah, because the third fart was good. That's when, that's when the uh, fucking dog alien space woman voiced by Vanessa Redgrave. We'll get the dog that. space queen. The queen of all the space dogs. Voiced by Vanessa Redgraves. Yeah, her greatest she, role. She, uh, Academy Award winner Vanessa Redgrave plays the fucking space alien mother queen, and they're like, "Oh, you better bow down to the queen." Let's <laughs> bow down to the queen. Uh, like, Ooh, don't you respect your dog queen, space alien? And then, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm uh, I'm totally serious now. I'm oh, oh, serious, huh? <laughs> Isn't there one among you who knows how to give your leader a proper welcome? You're all dog meat now. All of you, come with me. And the thing is, the farting dog is voiced by Carl fucking Reiner. That was crazy. Man, I I did not pick up on that one. And the, yeah, let's talk about the fucking voice cast. Because first off, like, Vanessa Redgrave. Who the fuck? Like, hey, good news. My son is a big fan of the Bostonians. I just, I gotta think, like, because you hear stories of, like, actors who rejected roles. I want to look up Vanessa Redgrave. What famous roles... Was she offered and rejected? And then years later, she was like, they were like, what about the queen dog in Good Boy? And she's like, fuck yes. Uh, she, I know she turned down Karate Dog. She was originally Chevy Chase's part in that. And that's when she, it was like one of those Sean Connery things where he turns down the Matrix and then does the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But she, they were like, you know, that, that Helen Mirren movie, The Queen, where you get to play the Queen of England? They offered it to Vanessa Redgrave and she was like, no, I gotta film this fucking talking dog movie. Well, it was weird, because, like, I knew Matthew Broderick. Um, I, I think I just looked him up when we picked the movie. I was like, oh, Matthew Broderick voices the dog. That's going to fucking suck. So I knew he was in it. Oh, yeah, I did. But then I didn't recognize any of the other dog voices, so I just thought they were, like, voice actors. But hey, you got Carl Reiner, Delta Burke, Brittany Murphy, uh, Donald Faison, and uh, Carl Reiner. Like, and, like, who the fuck? And then Cheech Marin comes in later for a little bit. Why the hell are they paying these actors? I've, I feel like I've said this a million goddamn times. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make... That being said, I think the personalities of the other dogs, not counting the Matthew Broderick dog, 
were all kind of fun. I liked the little shaky dog and even the farting dog. I, li I liked all of these dog characters at least enough to keep me not wanting to kill myself in this movie. No, yeah, I like the dog characters. And if the movie focused more on the dogs, I think you got a good movie. But the movie, like so many of these fucking kid movies, focuses on the little boy and, like, his uh, fucking love of romance. He wants to romance a little girl. I, it's my least favorite trope in movies. I've talked about it before. The, hey, can't wait to see these two little children fuck. Like, why do we care about their romance? And no, I was digging the dogs, because as soon as uh, Space Dog comes down, and he's like, hey, uh, take me to your master, and the boy's like, what? And he's like, those dogs that uh, walk you around. He's like, nah, I walk them around. He's like, oh, that's ridiculous. And then he confronts all the dogs, and he's like, hey, what's going on here? Why are you guys, uh, you know, not controlling the planet? And they're like, uh, what? <laughs> and I thought the joke was going to be that they're dumb dogs, you know? And yeah, well... Well, because thought... it started out like that, because the first dog, as soon as uh, that dog realizes that the kid can hear him, he's just like, give me a cookie. And I was like, oh, shit. Are these dogs just going to be, like, talking about pissing and eating all day? Like, See, I, I like that, because the idea is, it's like, you can talk, you can understand us, so you expect the first thing to be profound, and then it's, can you give me some food? Yeah, that was a good joke, but I wish the dogs would have stayed dumb. And then, like, that was the mission, is that they, you know they had to kind of learn to be smart to like trick the queen. And then, yeah, I wanted the ending to be that, that little tease in the middle. That where seemed like the setting they were going to, that, that, that's what they were setting up. And then they just forget that because we have to have the wacky bullies ruin the party scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For some reason, this movie about talking dogs is like, Hey, you know what kids want to see? The fucking kid. No, I <laughs> want to see the dog. You put the fucking dog on the poster. And you cast Matthew Broderick, and you do something with him. All kids dogs. love Matthew Broderick's sultry voice. <laughs> good news, good news, producers of Dog Gone. Fuck, this isn't Dog Gone. This is a good boy. Good news, producers of Good Boy. We cast Matthew Broderick. Oh, great! My son loves war games. That's in the craziest thing because, like, I you have so, well, maybe not you specifically, but people have such a nostalgic love for Matthew Broderick, like uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, War Games. I gotta go back and watch those. Did he suck in those too? I don't think so. Because I feel like he's always sucked since he was an adult. I, he is goddamn fucking terrible in this movie. I would say the one movie that that his his suckiness worked for the movie was Election, because he was playing a guy who sucked. Yeah, I like him in Election, and I, I haven't seen War Games for a long time, but I think I remember liking him in that. But yeah, every single movie this guy's in, and especially his his fucking voice. This is terrible voice acting. He is not giving any fucking inflection on his voice. It's just, it's you know, it's Chevy Chase and Karate Dog adjacent. It's like they woke up Matthew Broderick. I feel like Karate Dog did it better. I feel like Chevy Chase cared more about Karate Dog than Matthew Broderick did this role. You know what? I haven't seen Karate Dog since we did that podcast, but I will back you up and say Chevy Chase and Karate Dog. Better than Matthew Broderick and Good Boy. And, uh, see, I wanted, like, I wanted more, like, dog space technology. I wanted, like, a, like, a, like, like, why did the dogs that first came here, why did they not in, uh, take over? Like, maybe the cats tricked them into being domesticated. And then you can have, like, a dogs versus space cats movie. Something to make this more interesting than, 
oh no, we're dogs and we like our people, so we don't want to leave. It's just the most boring version of what I think is an interesting premise. Yeah, you could have had, you know, them being afraid of uh, the space dogs attacking Earth, you know? Like, that's why the dog came down. He was trying to save Earth. He's like, oh no, I got wind of the plan that they're like, dogs on Earth screwed it all up for everybody. We're going to attack Earth. And then they're, like, waiting for this invasion. Because what happens in this movie? The dog is like, hey, uh, Earth dogs aren't, you know, are kind of the joke of the galaxy of dogs because, you know, they're man's best friend when they should be ruling the planet with an iron fist. And so I'm here to, like, give a report on all of this. And then they just spend the whole movie waiting for the queen. But, yeah, they could have spent that time, you know, preparing for battle or, like, training montages would have been fun. That would have been, especially if, like, yeah, the idea is that the human or the earth dogs love their humans and want to protect the earth. So there's the invading dog. So it's like a dog civil war. That would have been so great. I mean, that would probably be, like, blow their budget, considering what apparently they're... I think the only thing they spent money on was the dog CGI voice, like, mouth movements. But Oh, I, that didn't even look good either. <laughs> no, it did not. But yeah, like, just to, but just to have stakes. Because the stakes are we're all going to lose our dogs because they're going to get revoked. Uh, why not, yeah, have it be like, oh, if, if you don't shape up, they're, we're going to invade and take over again. Because that's what they want to do, right? They want to take over the planet. Why not? I would think so, because what happens on other planets? We never even get into that. Are dogs running every other planet? I, I, I like to think that it's like they made this joke in South Park where they found out that the planet Earth was a reality show, and they were like, well, why do you think there's all these species on Earth? No, that's not how it works. One species, one planet. There's a planet of deer. There's a planet of... And it's like, no, yours is the one weird one where we threw everybody together just to see what would happen. So I like to think that there's like a planet of dogs, a planet of cats, a planet of monkeys, and then we just, we just happen to be the planet of humans. Uh, okay, and so I guess the dogs came here to colonize us. Yeah. But became friends with us. Well, because, yeah, you can't resist the charm of... Liam Aiken, this boy. Man, this kid sucks, too. The first time he's introduced, were you getting, like, Damien from the Omen vibes? A little bit, yeah. Well, because it's this scene we're actually seeing in the background now where, like, he's, like, challenging his parents because they promised him a dog and they're, they're trying to renege. And he's like, you're going to give me that fucking dog, right? I mean, we had an agreement. You're not going to squelch on that agreement, right? Yeah, it's just, like, yeah, it's very creepy. You'd think the scene would play out like... You know, the kid, his parents promised that they'd get him a dog if he spent a month walking other dogs. So he comes up to his parents and he's like, look, it's been a month. I've been walking the dogs. I get my dog today, right? And Molly Shannon's like, uh, why don't we wait a little bit? And then he immediately snaps into, we had an agreement. You said if I walked the dogs for a month, you would let me have a dog. You don't want to go back on your word, do you? Like, really fucking menacing? And then she's like... Okay, we'll go to the shelter today. And he goes, yay! And he, like, instantly switches back to kid. It was like, it, this is a fucking psychopath. Of, it reminded me of Clifford, honestly. Yeah, like, as bit. long as I get what I want, I'll be a good kid. But otherwise... I know, that's where I thought the movie... I was like, man, this kid's giving me fucking serial killer vibes right off the fucking bat. And also, I, th- I feel like it would have worked better if it was if they said no. You, you can't get a dog. I know we made a promise, but we're moving. We can't do it. And then he gets the dog, and then it's like he's got to hide it from his parents. Like, there's just other things you could do with the story, just on, even on that level, that they don't bother doing. Yeah, that's weird, because that's basically, you know, E.T. and stuff like that. Like, he finds the dog, but, you know, he finds the alien dog, and then he has to keep it secret because, you know, people are going to come after the alien dog. That's just like in every one of these fucking movies. I think it was even in Dog Gone. The, the mobsters were coming after the dog. No one's coming after this dog. 
That's they, well, it's, they just yeah. adopt the dog, and Kevin Nealon and Molly Shannon are like, yeah, that's, that's your dog. I don't know if you watched this movie. It was a Disney Plus movie, and I imagine your, your girlfriend might have saw it and been excited about it and forced you to watch it. Uh, I think it was called Hercules the Squirrel. No. And it's about a squirrel that's like a superhero. It has like superpowers, but he's like a photorealistic squirrel. He doesn't talk. He just he has like super strength and shit. And it's got like Danny Pudi in it. And um, uh, who's the guy? The main guy? I can't remember. But it's like a Disney Plus original movie. And I watched it just to have something to talk about on my other podcast. And that was on my worst list until I saw this movie because they do that plot of like we gotta hide the special super animal better than this movie does. Like, that kicked it off my worst list for the year, because it's like, at least it's better than Good Boy. Well, Good Boy can't count for your worst list, can it? No, it's not like Good Boy replaced it on the worst list of the year. I'm just saying Hercules the fucking flying squirrel is not on the list anymore. Oh, okay. Um, you you want to talk about dogs jumping on trampolines at the beginning? <laughs> and the end? No, no, the end was uh, dogs being wet. Just playing in a sprinkler. Yeah, it was... Like, the first thing I thought of was the man show. When I just saw dogs jumping on trampolines, I was like, is this supposed to be fucking sexy? Because I'm getting is that, a fucking boner. Is that your only association with trampolines? Is that fucking thing for the man show? I think so. I mean, I guess it what was other a memories, of our youth. Yeah, what other memories of trampolines do you have? Well, didn't we have a trampoline at some point? I don't remember ever having a trampoline. Well, I guess Grandma had a trampoline. We used to actually—I think she had a trampoline that went into the pool. Oh yeah, like a little one. Yeah, so we could have enacted both the beginning and end of this sequence with both the trampoline and the pool. And the dogs, yeah, we just throw the dogs on there and grab our fucking camcorder. Oh, did you read the IMDb trivia? Speaking of that, uh, no, I could not be bothered. Oh yeah, there's nothing really good, but uh, it does say <laughs> Liam Aiken, who plays the little boy in the movie, was allowed to hold the camera and film one shot in the film. But it ended up being cut. So, that's pointless trivia. Okay. <laughs> Should I report that? I, what was, oh, let me look it up. I, I had a thing. We watched a movie, I think it was this one. We watched a movie called A Christmas Movie Christmas. Have you ever heard of this? No. Uh, I, do you watch, you watch like the Hallmark Christmas movies, don't you? Um, I'm not like. I don't seek them out, but I will watch them if they're on TV. I thought you watched them sort of ironically. Oh, yeah, but, like, it's not my favorite thing. <laughs> well, no, the reason I bring it up, I mean, it's a shitty movie. You shouldn't watch it. But I think it's, I mean, it might be something else. If it's something else, I'll just drop this. But the trivia on it, they had, you know, the, the basic trivia and then the spoiler trivia. And I won't describe the plot, but here's the spoiler trivia for A Christmas Movie Christmas. The gingerbread house fall apart <laughs> and the grandmother really likes the hot chocolate. <laughs> Who wrote that? Who fucking wrote that <laughs> trivia? And put it on IMDb. It's not... But those aren't even plot points in the movie. I don't remember the grandmother <laughs> saying anything about the hot chocolate, and I don't even think the gingerbread house fell apart. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. I'm just... I'm fascinated by people that contribute to IMDb, especially when it's just fucking weird. And it's like, why did you contribute to this movie? Why did you watch this movie? And then why did you say that? I know. Do you, since we watched Good Boy, you want me? You want to add a trivia item right now? Uh, the dog gonna, somehow built a, 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 a advanced civilization without opposable uh, thumbs. This is never brought up. Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, Matthew Broderick film or <laughs> recorded all of his lines while he was getting sucked off by a Taiwanese hooker. 
He recorded all of his lines shortly after uh, running over and killing that person on his vacation. <laughs> That's why he sounds so so sort of stoic, because he's in shock. He was shown a picture of those two people he murdered. This is the emotion I want you to have through the course of this talking dog movie. Right here. Whatever you're feeling, looking at this picture of the people you murdered. Well, I thought it would be fun to update the IMDb trivia live on podcast, but I have to, like fucking verify my account and shit so this isn't like fun th- th- well that's the thing because like you would think because like wikipedia i know they've done that where like they've had people update it fakely and then like eventually there's a bot that catches it but i don't know that imdb even has a bot yeah well it just made me so you have to sign in to fucking add trivia and uh so, oh i don't know uh, do you need to have like a premium account? Do you need to be one of the people that pays for IMDb? Oh no, I just needed to sign in with my Google account. So now IMDb knows it's me, and they're gonna know that I'm updating trivia on Good Boy. Add like two kind of real ones before you add the Matthew Broderick one. Oh, you I'm know sure. what? I I'll just put like um, <laughs> legend has it <laughs> that people actually saw this in a movie theater, but. The Carl Reiner dog farts three times. <laughs> That's what I should do. Oh, I, I'll. Should I put spoilers now? Can so we? Okay. Can we make this a thing? Can you just be Mr. Skids on IMDb and just I posting should. fart-related trivia for every movie we watch? <laughs> I should. All right, here we go. IMDb trivia. There are three farts in this film. <laughs> All farted by the Carl Reiner dog. On this film. Uh, well, was the second one a Carl Reiner dog? All three I, all three were the Carl Reiner dog. I they remember all this vividly. Okay, the, there are three farts in the this film. The late, great Brittany Murphy shaky dog It wasn't farting at all. Even though you'd think she'd be the farty one because she's shaking all the time. <laughs> you'd think she'd shake out a fart. The dog voiced by Carl Reiner. Every t- uh, I believe the dog's name was Shep, by the way. If you want to add that nugget. Oh. For you fart fans, thirty-three twenty-five, forty-five. I'll put. I'll make up a forty-five oh two, and one hour and four minutes, four seconds. Enjoy. All right, it's all that's contained spoilers though. Yeah, no, well, obviously, because I, I think the third fart is a plot point, technically. It's the thing that convinces the Greater Dane, voiced it's by true. Vanessa Redgrave, to uh, abandon the planet. You can't be like, uh, hey, hey, the Greater Dane shows up and gets farted on. <laughs> um, all right, well, they're not on the IMDb app yet, but hopefully next time I look up the trivia for Good Boy, <laughs> I like I'll find that. See, that's where I like to think somebody does verify all of them, so somebody else has to watch Good Boy and go like, okay, did he get the, the timestamp <laughs> on that fart correct? I just ruined some dude's night. He's like, oh, fuck, Good Boy, I gotta download this. Alright, yeah, I guess there are three farts, all all farted by the Carl Reiner dog. This is an accurate, spoilerific uh, fucking trivia point. I, I can't argue with that, it goes on the internet. Surrender. Breathe in. Breathe out. In and out. Relax. Let it go. Whoop, pardon me. Shep eats people food sometimes. How lucky for us. And I'm thinking of Brittany Murphy, who, I mean, again, does well enough, as, as all the dogs do. 
But think, it's like she died young. I guess was it like a mold, black mold in her house or something? I can't remember. I thought something that was like what that. the ruling ultimately. It was like a weird, yeah, it was a weird death. It was like yeah, like an Anton Yelchin kind of thing. And uh, I think of like actors that died young, and then when they do movies like this, where it's like however long this took and like whatever other movies you couldn't do in the short time you had to make movies but you you did the voice from Good Boy like I don't know it just it's, it makes it extra sad to me like that this is one of the things you wasted your time on yeah they should have played this in her uh, Oscar in memoriam clip what do you I can't remember what they would I'm probably clueless I guess because that's the only thing yeah uh, I, can't, I can't imagine it was don't say a word I yeah I don't know I that'd be interesting um, cause yeah, sometimes they don't show, like, I remember when fucking Jim Varney died, they showed a, a scene from the Beverly Hillbillies and I'm like, you fucking bitches. They didn't like, show Ernest? No, if you're going to put Jim Varney on the death reel, like, which, you know, I think people would have been like, oh, if Jim Varney didn't make the Oscar in memoriam section, I don't think people would be like, oh, that's crazy. I would have been offended as fuck. Um, but like, if you're going to put him in there, put fucking Ernest. Or, I mean, if you want, if you're, I think the logic is people don't respect Ernest, even though we are both committed Ernest fans. Um, but like, I, then, like, there, he was in Daddy and Them, that, that Billy Bob Thornton movie. That's he was great true. in that. Or uh, Wilder Napalm, he's got a good role in that. I mean, there are plenty of things you could do other than, like, if, if the logic is if they see Ernest, they're going to laugh and disrespect him. So let's put the Beverly Hillbillies up there. I know, that's disrespectful. No, it should be like, you know, fucking Yo-Yo Ma's playing violin, like really dramatically. Da-da-da, you're seeing all the pictures of dead people. And then it cuts to Jim Varney, like, looking in a toilet. <laughs> I think he would have loved that. Yeah, or just but, or plenty of the, the, the amazing, like, physical comedy sequences that he did as Ernest that... You know, not a lot of actors can do. That's what he was so great at. Just show something like that. It doesn't have to be like him acting if you don't appreciate his acting. Yeah. Or even like scary Ernest from Ernest Goes to Jail. Yeah. Or, or the uh, the scene with him and Ernest uh, at the end of Ernest Goes to Jail when he's doing all the, the, the telekinetic powers and stuff. You know, something really cool and inventive. Yeah. Well, fucking Oscars. That I, pisses me off, yeah. Academy Award members, if I die and I become an actor... Play something silly in my in-memoriam section. What do you think they're going to play for uh, this little boy when he fucking dies? Do you think they're going to play his scene from Good Boy? Or do you think he's ever done anything else? Uh, I think they're all just going to, like, start playing trombones. (laughs) Bam, bam, bam. Happy days are here again. The kid from Good Boy is now dead. Um, Oh, man. So I guess so. We're watching this movie from Molly Shannon and Kevin Nealon. Let's talk about their uh, weird fucking deals they got going on. So they're the kids' parents, and they live in houses while they're renovating them. And then as soon as they renovate, as soon as the last uh, stitch of paint is on the dining room, they're like, "All right, time to move out and sell this bitch." And well, then see, I guess they just move. I assumed up to a certain point in the movie that they were renovating it for someone who already bought it. That, like, this is the deal. You bought this place, but it needs renovation, so we'll live in it while we renovate it, and then once it's good, we'll leave, and, and we already have another house set up to do for the next time. Like, that's, they go from house to, I mean, that's still kind of weird that they, like, live in these houses as they renovate them, and, like, they just go from house to house. But I can imagine, like, house flippers, that might be a real thing. Possibly, but I would think they would have, like, another house. I don't think... 
I guess maybe unless you're just starting house flipping, like if you're a rookie house flipper. But like if if you or at least another house lined up, you don't live in the fucking house because yeah, what if you got your kitchen? You're remodeling your kitchen, and what you like, you can't make eggs in the morning. Like this kid goes from house to house, just dilapidated house that they fix up. Does he have a real fucking bed in these houses, or is he just fucking sleeping on the mats? See, that's the thing. I can't imagine, even though they, all the renovation they show, like they, it's just like walls and stuff. I can't imagine they're renovating stuff from like, you know, built like boards up. Like it, it can't be like, you know, we're building this house from scratch unless they're living in a hotel or something. Well, I think you have to do that to make a profit. I don't. Well, I guess house flippers also just buy houses that are like foreclosed because like the owner couldn't pay the money. Well, we get I, offers on our house and we we pay our fucking mortgage payments every. Oh, not our mortgage, our uh, property taxes, and they still send us things like every other day. Like, hey, do you want to sell your, sell your shitty house to us? Yeah, I guess. All right, I guess that makes sense. But I don't think you live in the house with your kid, and then they're like, hey, do you think all this moving to different houses every three months is affecting our kids? Like, uh, fucking uh, growth, and they're like, hmm. Hey, Kevin Nealon's like, hmm, well, probably doesn't help. But even if that <laughs> scenario was plausible, it wouldn't be plausible if they hadn't sold the house yet. If they're renovating it on spec, and then they have an open house going, hey, buy our new house that we just renovated. Well, it, so that we can move to another one. The way it's, it's depicted in the film is Molly Shannon and Kevin Nealon are painting the dining room, and then, like, with one last brush of the paintbrush, they're like, ah. This house is ready to be sold. Next scene, they're like, okay, we're moving. Pack up all your shit. And then, at the end of the movie, they have an open house. So they haven't even sold the house. And they're coming up to their kid being like, all right, box up all your toys. We're out of here in a week. Maybe if we... I don't know. Maybe it's not a buyer's market. See, what I feel like happened here is they wanted to have the we're moving and, you know, you're, you're upended... They didn't want to do the basic, we got a job in another city, or like I think like a military brat would have been too weird to introduce that element. Of course, that would have worked better, I think, if you have them a military family and then the aliens are invading. But like basically, they're like, we want some way for the reason for them to be moving and for them to be constantly moving. So they found out that some realtors do this. But it wasn't anybody with a family, and it wasn't, and it wasn't the last thing where they have to sell it. Like they didn't really understand the premise, and they needed that scene at the end where the big thing is ruined by the dogs. So they were just like, "Yeah, this is how this works," but they just didn't understand how this actually works. Yeah, well, it's just a kind of a pointless thing because you didn't need that angle. He doesn't need to be moving. I guess they do move at like the very last, but that could have been something else. They could have been just driving. They didn't have to be driving a moving truck. They could have just been driving their car for that scene. That's the only thing I can think of story-wise why he has to be moving, why you need that added element of the story. No, a lot of this feels like stuff that... I mean, maybe there was a different version of this script where they invaded or where there was more interesting stuff and they they reshaped it and then you just have elements like that that just make no sense in the final product. <laughs> they were like, okay, let's cut out the alien dog space battle. But we're going to keep in the Molly Shannon renovating the house subplot. Or that was a change they had to make because whatever they had previously didn't work. Because they cut the space battle because they had no budget. Because this is a shitty low budget movie. <laughs> oh, we're watching it in the background. I like this fucking newscaster who's like, all the dogs in the world have vanished. Um, oh, and then shit, he has, what, what does he say? I can't even uh, remember But now. But we'll sniff him out. Yeah. <laughs> Authorities are sniffing out those dog nappers. We'll see you next week. It's like, everybody just lost their dogs in the whole world. I mean, it's the most sophisticated 
dog napping scheme, if that's what it is. Like, if it's just people doing it, how did they coordinate that over the entire world? Well, I couldn't tell what they thought. Well, okay, because we've been talking about Jim Varney for a while. Now that we're getting back to Good Boy, let me kind of set this up. But basically, the, the dog alien queen comes down and is like, what the fuck's going on here? You people are, you dogs are pets to these humans? That's ridiculous. I'm taking you all back up to, to space. And so all the dogs vanish. And then I, but I couldn't tell what, like, the parents come over and it's like they're blaming the kid. Because he they're walked like, their dog, so he assumed they, like, let him go, I guess? Oh, okay. Yeah, I couldn't figure out what, like, what they were saying. They were like, oh, we, we know it has something to do with the kid, but yeah, all our dogs have just vanished. And I guess the, the uh, news suspects foul play, I suppose. See, I feel like once you establish that, at the very least, you have to, because like, at the end of this movie, the dog spaceship comes back and all the adults see it. So, like, they know that dogs are from space now. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and nobody seems to have a reaction to that. I feel like you need to just, just you know, wipe that away and say, like, no, the, all the dogs come back on spaceships. Everybody on the world now knows that dogs are from space. And instead of, because, like, they, they make a big deal of, like, we got to get rid of your ability to talk to dogs now. Because we, we didn't mention that in the beginning. Uh, there's an accident with one of his pieces of tech, his communication technology, and that's why the kid can speak to the dogs. Nobody else can. But like, I think instead of that, they should just said, no, now everyone can talk to dogs because now you know we're aliens. Because, like, what what else is, is are they expecting that he's going to forget that his dog could talk before? I, well, he does. He zaps him and, and forgets. Does he forget or does he... Oh, no, he doesn't forget. He just can't hear it anymore. Yeah, he just uh, can't hear him because he knows that he's supposed to be hearing him. Right, because that's a... Yeah, that's the weird ending of this movie. Uh, so he can he can hear the dog because he was zapped with alien technology that makes him hear dog. But then when the dogs are granted uh, permission to come back to Earth... Uh, the the queen is like, oh, you can come back to Earth, but you you got to cut out this talking to human shit. So you got to zap that kid again so he can no longer hear you. And that presents an interesting, weird dilemma because imagine your dog started talking and you could have a conversation with your dog. That's weird. But yeah. then imagine the next day it like stops and then you're like, oh shit, like can I shit in front of this dog now? Well, I would now assume that I've carried I was on a conversation with him. Well, but that's that's what I wanted the ending to be. I wanted the ending to be everybody can talk to dogs, and then you have a post credit sequence where it just cuts to a, like a kill shelter, and all the dogs are talking to the like the teenage girl that works there, going, "Please don't kill me! Please don't kill me! I'm aware! I'm self aware!" And then you just cut to that teenage girl just slitting her throat. Just I can't do this anymore. Oh no! I wanted it to end like uh, you know. Now it's it's five days later. All of this is over. He can't understand his dog anymore. But he's laying in bed, his dog's laying next to him, and he pulls the Playboy out from underneath the mattress, and he's like, all right, time to pleasure myself teenage style. And then he looks over at the dog, and he's like, dog, you gotta get out of here. The dog doesn't do it. He's like, dog, I know, we, we've talked. We talked to each other for like two months. You know what this is, what I'm about to do. You can't be in here anymore. No, what you do is you cut to the dog, the Matthew Broderick dog, eating his own poop. And then he's trying to explain, like, oh, wait, why did, I, why did I get rid of his ability to understand me? I have a perfectly logical space dog reason for eating my poop. But now he just thinks I'm gross. Yeah, there could have been a lot more fun stuff with that, because there almost was. Like, at that one point, um, the Matthew Broderick dog, like, he sees someone come out of the bathroom, and he's like, 
what did you do in there? I drank out of that thing. And I was like, well, that would have been a funny line if someone other than Matthew Broderick said it. Um, but like shit like that could have been the whole movie is just like dogs communicating with humans, but they just like fucking abandon that. It's kind of like the zookeeper. If you're, if you're making a movie about talking animals, have them talk, have it mean something, have it make sense. Do something with the fact that animals are talking. Don't just be like, uh, and then they go back up to space. The movie I've always wanted to see with talking animals is like the marathon man where like somebody finds out that animals can talk so then he becomes the target of all the animals in the world who need to silence him before he reveals their secret so it becomes like this thriller where he's just running from every domesticated animal you know where like it matters <laughs> it has to oh, I, that's what I wanted the zookeeper to be I remember <laughs> so when, I remember when Kevin James hears the animals he's like ah! and he like goes and showers and shit Oh, that's right. Yeah, it would have been funny if like the dogs are like, ah, now you know our secret now. Well, we'll have to take out your voice box. And the funny thing about this movie too, because no I was you. I was saying the premise was okay, and I was like, you know, this would be fine if it was like on like a kids ver like a Goosebumps episode, like a kids version of like an anthology show. If this was like an episode, so it was like twenty to thirty minutes. And then I remembered it fucking was. There's an episode of Erie, Indiana that is like basically this exact plot. Oh, really? Yeah. Except they are evil. I think the dogs are evil, or at least they're planning to take over the world or something. I don't think they're aliens necessarily, but the idea is a kid gets a, like a, what is it, like wireframe, like braces, but like the head, you know, the head uh, thing, and it, it allows him to tune into the voices of dogs, and he finds out that they're plotting t- a takeover. Like, this, this whole fucking thing literally happened. I, it was like flushing back to me, like, they just fucking stole the plot from Mary Indiana. No, that's the plot of the movie we wanted to see. Yeah, but it's it's like I said, they did it, but better. They they stole that plot and then just did it shittily. Yeah, Good Boy is the talking dog movie that nobody wants. Um, well, I mean, does anybody want a talking dog movie? You, bitch. You fucking made me watch a bunch of them. <laughs> I did, I did. Uh, and I did watch Santa Paws 2 the other night, so... I know, you I think texted we me. about that last week. Yeah, you were like, fucking, I'm watching Santa Paws 2 because of how much I fucking love talking dog movies because I'm a fucking asshole. I believe those were your exact words. Did you watch that clip of Santa Paws 2, though? No, I did. I never do. I, oh. Whenever you send me multimedia messages, I almost never download them because it's like I have to do an extra step, and what's it for? It's for it's, fucking a clip of you watching a talking dog movie. It's a video of Santa Paws 2, the, the opening song. And I, that's, like, the greatest scene ever filmed in Santa Paws 2. Oh, God. Is Molly Shannon in that fucking movie, too? She should be. I wish she was. Um, I feel like Molly Shannon was in one of the other Talking Dog movies we watched. Uh, oh, yeah. She's the voice of uh, Air Buddies. Okay. Air Buddies, uh, Air Buddies' wife. Fucking Molly Shannon. <laughs> I wonder if that's all she got. Why? That's a question. I guess we've pondered this many times, but why are so many SNL alums in Talking Dog movies? I mean, do we want to just bite the bullet? Because I know John Lovitz is in a movie where he's like a... I, I can't... I think... I, I'm trying to remember what it was called. But I know John Lovitz did a Talking Dog movie a couple years ago. I want to say it was from, like, the same people that did Vampire Dog. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like we should just do that now just to get it over with. Um, Bark Ranger? Bark Ranger. That is exactly what it was. And he plays Bark Ranger. Yeah, from 2015... Wow, they are still making these shitty movies. Like, what the fuck? Because they're cheap. They're fucking cheap, and <sighs> moms think kids love talking dogs. But, like, I'm not mad at the 
producers who are like, yeah, go make a talking dog movie so we can sell it to idiots. The fucking filmmakers, you know, you're working on a movie. This is your job. Make it a good talking dog movie. I, well, we also talked about that, too, with the Air Buddies movies, where you just have to take the performances of the dogs yeah. that you get, so you just build the movie around that. Though here, I would say, these are either some well-trained dogs or some good sort of special effects work that's kind of hidden. Maybe some of those dogs were fake and I didn't notice, but like I feel like... I don't, maybe, I don't know, maybe we're not giving... Maybe we're giving too much credit or not enough credit. I don't know how you even say that. To like like the, those shitty talking dog movies, maybe they just don't put in the work. Maybe there is work you can put in that they put into this movie to make the dogs more plausible as actors. Because oh, I, I, think... I think the same for Beverly Hills Chihuahua. I think the dogs seemed more plausible in that film than in any of the Air Buddies movies. I was going to say, I think that was our takeaway from Beverly Hills Chihuahua, is that that movie seemed like overly directed. Um, this movie's kind of in between, because the dogs don't have much to do. I mean, when they're talking, they're just like, they're animating the mouth, so the dogs are just moving their heads. Um, and then there's, like, chase scenes, but the dogs are just running in there, so I imagine that's just like, come on, dogs, and you film the dogs running. But I got a sense of the dogs' personalities more so than any of the Air Buddies' dogs. Um, yeah. Uh, well, because they were the most interesting part of the movie, too. Also, to be fair, the Air Buddies all are the same breed of dog. I think the fact that all the dogs are a different breed lends itself to, I think, sometimes you just associate personality with the kind of dog it is. That's true. Um, it it seems racist, but it's it was nice to have a multi dog cast. Was Donald Faison's dog racist? Um, how so? Uh, his owners were gay. Did you notice that? I did not. I did not notice that. But I, I they did. It was just. I was like two thousand three. They just have a gay couple in this movie, and like don't bring it up or anything. Like that's kind of cool. Also, you think if they were gonna do that, they would give him the if they were gonna play to the stereotype, they would give him the poodle. Right, and they have, like, the manly dog. I, I would think, yeah, the gay couple would have the, you know, froofy dog. But again, we're, we're positing what bigoted homophobic producers in 2003 would suggest, rather yeah, than what they should actually do. I just imagine that if someone was, if a producer saw this movie, they'd be like, hey, give the pink dog to the queers, you know? But no, I didn't notice that, but I just thought, I thought the voice he was doing felt kind of stereotypical. Um, I think that's just his voice. I want to say that? he said homeboy at some point. Oh, well, that's like saying, like, Carl Reiner's dog was old and Jewish. Well, I mean, I feel like it's a stereotype that old old people fart so much, so I feel like it is a little offensive. That was crazy, because, yeah, man, uh, this dog that's just been farting the whole movie and then going, oh, I had enchiladas last night. That was fucking Carl Reiner. Like, I, you don't expect him to be in something like this, voicing a shitting dog. Yeah, um, of course, later in life, he did a lot of weird... Like, he was in, like, all these weird, like, TV shows. Like, he was in an episode of House and uh, fucking Boston Legal. Like, I feel like he was just doing whatever at some point. Yeah, he'd just take the call. Well, yeah, he was on Norm MacDonald's podcast, too. You wouldn't expect that. <laughs> Maybe he's just a guy who's like, hey, if you call Carl Reiner, he'll come do whatever you ask him to do. Well, I mean, he's not doing anything now because he's dead. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we got to watch his greatest role, so at least there's that. <laughs> Our Carl Reiner tribute episode. Speaking of dead people, um, <laughs> what, what should have happened, what I would have loved to happen at the end of this movie, is that when the alien queen comes down, there's a scene where the, the kid is like, hey, uh, you know, dogs are man's best friend because, uh, you know, we love each other and we're, we're good to each other and that's why you should let dogs stay on Earth and do whatever we want. 
I, I wanted the alien queen dog to go, a talking fucking human! <laughs> and just shoot him in the face. No, I did like that. I would have liked that as well. I mean, like, just to see Bro- a, a Matthew Broderick character get shot in the face would have been rewarding. That would have been great. Um, and I got nothing else. Oh um, Well, we do have some SNL-related news I don't know if you want to talk about. Oh, I, I don't know what it is. Well, is I heard it? this secondhand and didn't look it up, so I could be entirely wrong. But I believe Bowen Yang has become the first SNL cast member to be nominated for an Emmy. Oh, no. Uh, multiple. But he did get nominated for an Emmy. But multiple people have been nominated before. Oh, um, is that the case? I maybe Kate McKinnon won. Maybe Nate was was an idiot then. He, he told me that, and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And I've never cared about the Emmys or SNL, the topic of the podcast I record. Uh, so maybe that's just true, but it's not. No, it's fucking weird. I don't understand it because I watch Saturday Night Live, and there's some good people on there. But like, Keenan Thompson is getting nominated for uh, for an Emmy for that. The Emmys just oh, like, like went he's not wild. Getting, with he's not SNL. getting nominated for the Keenan Thompson show. He also got nominated for best actor in a comedy for the Keenan Thompson show. I fucking said that as a joke, and it shouldn't have been true. I I didn't know this either. Uh, my fiance was reading me the Emmy nominees last night. Uh, she's like, do you want to know the Emmy? And I was like, yeah, sure. And she's like, Keenan? And I was like, oh, for SNL. And she's like, no, for Keenan. And I was like, what? And then she kept reading and she's like, oh, he also got nominated for SNL. Well, but the, maybe, you know what I'm thinking? I think the story that Nate read that he told me was Bowen Yang is the first Asian cast member to be to win an Emmy, or to be nominated for an oh, Emmy. Oh, that's interesting Which, that he's the first Asian cast member. Because he's the first member. Asian cast member at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if that was the news story that he read. Uh, hey, did you know Jackie Robinson was the first guy to uh, uh, score an RBI in baseball? I should have said black guy. That didn't make any <laughs> I sense. Say, no. I mean, if he was, that would be fucking amazing. Uh, like, hey, Jackie Robinson, first black guy to ever score a run in baseball. Well, yeah, he's the only black guy. But yeah, it's, I. But just the idea, because like, and, and speaking of racism, we have to ask, like, Bo and Yang. Did he, did he just get it because he's the first Asian cast member? Because I don't think he's necessarily distinguished himself on that show otherwise. I don't know. People fucking like it. <laughs> I don't... I really don't like the show anymore. Like, I just... It needs to... It needs to uh, move away from the cast that's been there for ten years. But and people... People like it, though. I see fucking memes and shit of SNL. And I'm like, what are you... What are you, what, what are you talking about? What well, are you I, seeing in this that I'm not? Am I just getting older and I'm like, oh, like maybe if I was a kid, I'd be like Pete Davidson. But I just don't get it. Well, I, at the same time, I think we've talked about this before as well. I do think we're past the the cast overhauls. I don't think we're ever going to have another like generation of, of SNL that we can point to and say, like, this is a generation as distinct from this one. There's the Sandler years versus the Will Ferrell years. I think now it's just a rolling whatever you want to leave thing because they're afraid to lose anybody. So it's just, it, we're never going to have that again. It's just going to be this amorphous mass of SNL. And I think part of that is, like, for us, who are used to, like, it transitioning and not getting that transition, I feel like it's just like, when the fuck is this going to be over? When am I going to get new people? Yeah. If you're getting that's... new people, just piecemeal one at a time. And, and they a lot of times the new people like are never on the show. They'll be like featuring this person, and you're like, oh, they added a new cast member. And then like ten episodes later, you're like, oh, hey, there they are sitting in the bar behind the main character in this sketch. See, I think we're trained to watch SNL differently given our age than younger viewers. Who, yeah, they're just, they're all about the meme. I'm get I'm getting to that point. I'm like, I don't know how fucking old am I? Like 35, 36? I don't even fucking keep track anymore. But like, I'm becoming that old man who's like. 
fucking young people and their memes. Like, your, your generation has nothing of value to me. Like, it, it, the art isn't good. The culture isn't good. Nothing's good about it. I mean, I used to, I used to hate memes for a long time. And then I came around with, I'm okay with memes. But the thing I hate more than anything else in the world is when someone, like, tries to describe a meme to you. Or like, it's like that meme, you know, the one with this guy like this. <laughs> like, don't, don't compare real life to memes. But that's, that's the problem with memes that I have is that, that memes are their entire fucking life. That's their language. It's how they communicate. It's how they, they convey ideas. And it's like, it, it, that's like an apocalyptic fucking sci-fi story. Like, that, that's a Doctor Who episode. In fact, I think they did a Doctor Who episode like that. Where it's just like, you just communicate through memes, and if you don't... What it is, there's a Star Trek episode uh, called Darmok. And it's a, this, the, this, this society that communicates purely through metaphor. So it'll say, like, Darmok and Jalad at, J- at Talagra. And, like, that's a reference to a story. But the moral of that story is the, the idea he's attempting to convey. But he's talking to Picard, and Picard has never heard of their fucking story. So he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's how I feel in my, wor- my regular world right now. Yeah. Uh, eventually we'll just be like, honey, I'm home. Picture of Gene Wilder. We'll just be talking in memes. And it's just, I'm frightened that I'm going to basically, because I'm not going to learn this new language. You have to keep up with the memes and I can't. So I'm just going to be like the fucking last man on earth who knows how to construct a fucking sentence. And that's when you join the Republican part. I know. I sound like a fucking Republican right now. And you're like, oh, stop, stop evolving. Why can't things be like God, they I, were when I was a baby? Can I, can I revoke my COVID vaccination somehow? Uh, all right. Good boy. Uh, fuck this shit. Yeah, fuck this fucking movie. I don't need to talk about it. But what we got to do is find out what we're going to talk about next week. We got it. It is time to pull up the good old Excel spreadsheet. I... Okay, I rolled 134. Which is... I feel like we've done all the Randy Quaid movies. Um, I mean, we haven't done Christmas Vacation 2. I think I can't find that. There was also Bug Buster, I remember, we toyed around with. Alright, here we go. I don't see anything yet. Oh yeah, there's Christmas Vacation 2. Oh, yeah. It's oh, Frank, Frank McCluskey CI. I remember we thought about... Oh, Pluto Nash. We could do Pluto Nash. I will be up for Pluto Nash. Um, I'm not going to watch Not Another Teen Movie. I know. I did, as soon as I opened up Not Another Teen Movie, I was like, hell fucking no am I watching that. Uh, uh, okay, so National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2, Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure, Frank McCluskey CI... Or the Adventures of Pluto Nash. I feel like we went up in quality with all three of those. Like, like I want to see Pluto. I want to see Pluto Nash now. I desperately want to watch that film compared to the other two. And Pluto Nash is only ninety-five minutes. I, that's one of the reasons I've stayed away from it. Like every time it's come up, because yeah, Eddie Murphy and Jay Moore are both in this, so it's come up a couple times. I've always stayed away with it from it because I thought it was like two hours long, but ninety-five minutes I could watch. A shitty Eddie Murphy sci-fi action comedy for 95 minutes. Uh, who knows? Maybe it's another Meet Dave where, you know, it's actually good. I bet you it's not. <laughs> I'm just saying that's happened one time with an Eddie Murphy film. <laughs> so it could happen a second time. Nature watched, doesn't typically do something just one time. <laughs> we have watched uh, many, many Eddie Murphy films and we have liked one of them. 
So he's bound to have another one, right? I feel like by the law of averages alone. Um, what have we watched? Eddie Murphy. Golden Child, that was bad. Showtime, Daddy Daycare, A Thousand Words. Yeah, there has not, yeah, there's not been a good one, other than Meet uh, Dave. Other than Meet Dave, that was the best one. Uh, Norbit. I feel like we both kind of liked Norbit more than its reputation. I don't think either of us liked it as a movie, but I feel like it wasn't as bad as everybody says it was. Right? Uh, or am I misremembering that? I think you're misremembering it. I liked watching Norbit. It's a fun movie to watch and, like, you know, dick around with, but <laughs> it's not a good movie. Well, um, I mean, I think the the streak has got to be broken by Pluto Nash. Alright, so the adventures of Pluto Nash next week. Because, uh, yeah, Randy Quaid did not have any recurring SNL characters that I can think of. So, Pluto Nash next week. Uh, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's, it's got to be good. <laughs> oh, it only has to be good. Cut to a week from now where we're like, fuck you. Well, this one I feel like I am to blame for it since I'm the one pushing for it. So, yeah. Who picked Pluto Nash, you son of a bitch? All right, Pluto uh, Nash. All right, but I think it, it's got the... It's definitely got crazy potential, so I think it will be. It'll be fun to watch. The only thing I, I, I saw it years ago. The only thing I remember about it was there's a joke where Hillary Clinton's face is on the the hundred dollar bill now or something. I remember that. I remember Rosario Dawson. Maybe I didn't like, see it. Is that just in the trailer? Maybe I never saw this movie. Might be in the trailer. I don't think I ever saw it either because I think the Rosario Dawson big boobs and big butt joke is in the trailer too. Maybe I've only seen the trailer. I feel like, you know, now that I think about it, I think I've never seen this movie, but I remember the trailer so vividly that I thought I did. Oh, well, I couldn't tell you a thing that happens in Pluto. Because, yeah, plot now that I think I about it, I can't describe the plot of it. I don't know what it's about. I know um, Randy Quaid plays a robot, but I think I've heard that reference yeah. somewhere. I don't think I've actually seen it. I may have seen a couple snippets here and there, because I remember Randy Quaid robot stealing a John Cleese car. <clears throat> So yeah, I think this is gonna be this is gonna be a good experience. I think I'm gonna I'm just gonna I'm gonna give the Ben Bailey guarantee <laughs> that uh, we're gonna get something out of this next week. Well, get something out of it, or do you think we'll enjoy it? Do you think it'll be a surprise? We will enjoy like, it on oh. some level. Either it'll be underrated or it'll be ridiculous and fun in that that capacity. I don't think we're gonna be. This isn't gonna be a good boy situation where it may be interesting on paper, but it's boring in execution. This is yeah, gonna be. Not- this is gonna be a good thing. At the least, I just hope that it's interesting. Because, yeah, I was watching the whole thing. I, I was watching Good Boy, and I'm like, I got fuck nothing to talk about. <laughs> so let's talk about Jim Varney's Dude, Oscar in memoriam If you want to slowly transition this podcast into a Jim Varney appreciation podcast, <laughs> where we just watch all the Ernest movies. Oh, <laughs> uh, that might be interesting to watch. I, I don't know. Because the Twin Peaks thing i was like i got bored with that eventually i mean fuck if i wouldn't would love to watch all the earnest movies again um i i would actually enjoy watching all the earnest movies let's let's keep a pin in that let's watch pluto nash and then next week let's talk about that seriously if we just want to make the next fucking what is like how many movies are there like 15 oh there's probably like at least 10 like if the next ten weeks of this are going to be just a fucking jim for because everybody disrespects him and I, I hate that i wish People would would give him proper respect. Uh, yeah, but his, the, some most of the movies are sh- just pure shit. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Camp was fine. Uh, Christmas sucked. Everybody loves Christmas, Christmas is terrible. but that sucks. But then you get to go to jail. You get uh, scared, stupid. Both of those are great. Good. Um, 
Rides again. Rides again was I think that was the last theatrical one. I remember we saw that yes. in the theaters. At least I did. Not good. And then Ernest goes to school. Not good. Slam dunk Ernest. Watchable. Ernest goes to Africa. So are we saying there's two good Ernest movies? I, that's my opinion. And we're gonna watch them all anyway. Because <laughs> Ernest goes to camp is like. Do you remember when Ernest like sings a song and Ernest goes to camp? I remember they. I think they tried to like sell that song as like a single. Like, and it's like it's not a funny song though. Like, all of a sudden in the middle of the movie, Ernest, the guy who's been like sticking his head in toilets all movie, is just singing like a sad ballad, and it's like, "Gee, I'm glad it's raining." That's it. That was what it was. So, but the thing is, even if they're bad, I think Jim Varney is fun to watch. Oh yeah, no, he's he's always good. So, um, but yeah, no, <laughs> only two of those movies I would recommend. So this is this is might be happening. Just stay tuned. We might be doing uh, a Jim Varney series. I doubt it. <laughs> I'm gonna try to sell you on it after Pluto Nash is the worst thing we've ever seen. Uh, all right, but yeah, next week Pluto Nash. So until we see you again. Get off the, the show. When I was born, they looked at me and said, What a good boy, what a smart boy, what a strong boy. And when you were born, they looked at you and said, What a good girl, what a smart girl, what a pretty girl. Got these chains, hang around, I next people want to strangle us with before we take our first breath Afraid of change Afraid of staying the same When temptation comes We just look away This name is the hair shed I wear This hair